Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. It's, you know what uh, happened last time you did this, Michael? Okay, go ahead. What happened last time? I had no idea. You don't remember? Nope. Do you remember, Jason? Was there an interruption? I didn't talk for the rest of it. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, and then that was that, the end. That was so delightful. Mike trying to trick me again. He tells me to take the intro and then he... Uh, <laughs> He jumps in. All right, I will not talk the no, rest of the time. you're a joker. I get it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> hey, you know how our, I was thinking about this uh, today. You know, our colleague down the hall, now that we have two Jasons, he said to call him J-Bad mm-hmm. because his last name's Badur and his first name's Jason. Guess what this guy would be called if we did the same thing with him I was thinking about? J-Oak. Joke. <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> we should maybe do that. Jay Oak. <clears throat> you you could. Um, why don't you briefly tell us what you're eating today, Jason? Since you're, uh, A little bit of fried fried rice. There are some carrots and dill dip. Dill dip? Dill dip. That yep. sounds lovely. Michael, does that sound better now? I, yep. Michael, let me mess with the levels. Okay, this is probably our least professional, professional opening to the podcast in a while. So in keeping with that, Michael, I would like to slide this piece of paper across the table for you two to look at and see if you can guess what I'm giving extra credit for in my <coughs> freshman class. Okay, so um, you must have given um, a task to your students to predict the Michigan State-Michigan game on Friday. Ooh-hoo. And I see Probably that... Probably the biggest this game has been in a long time. I see that um, most of your students went towards... Um, kissing your rear end than using Spider-Man. logic. Do you know why that was? <laughs> Be, I, because they get a certain number of points if they get the score right, and uh, they get additional points if they get the sp- score right and Sparty wins. I see Jesus takes... Jesus. Jesus, okay. Jesus yes. takes uh, Michigan State by 10. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know if Did that you was... Did you see my score? Someone, someone Good guy to have on your side. Dr. J, uh, Michigan State 24... Michigan 17. Would you like to write your score down, Michael? Yeah, I, I, let me think about it first. But we do. We should tell our listeners that we do have a traveling trophy. It's like a little teeny one that is now on your bulletin board. It's like a. Why is it on my like bulletin a, board? Because Michigan State won last year. Even though they had a terrible team last year. Yeah. Huh. And so it's like a, it's a little uh, trophy. Who's there? Who was their the quarterback? Call. It must have been a stud quarterback at least. I don't know. But was it was it Rocky Lombardi? Yeah, that's right. Who now was, plays for Northern Illinois? That's an awesome name. Um, the. Uh, the statue is the Paul Bunyan trophy, which is one of the cooler trophies. Mm-hmm. Now, Professor Oakland, yes. I have a little brown jug, so we'll have to pass that around oh, yeah. whenever Michigan, yep. Minnesota plays. That Minnesota has a football team? They do. Uh, two-time national champion. I think um, I think we've talked about that. I'm that pretty that sure they're uh, at least tied for, if not leading, the West right now they have, in the Big they Ten. They have multiple the more West is, champions is the JV, than the Spartans. is the JV yeah. conference of the Big Ten, right? <laughs> Well, I think they're both JV compared to uh, the uh, SEC. Our side is pretty darn good this year. Mm-hmm. We'll see when comes bull, bull time. I believe it's what? The the leaders and the rest, right? Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> Don't you... Didn't you hate that when... Um, I mean, that's the Michigan fight song, right? Like that. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah. I felt like at that point, Michigan sports were... In, in such a situation that they needed something. That's true. Although they have uh, three of their teams are in the top uh, six right now, right? Right, for this Hockey. week. 
Uh, because I don't know if you know, but Harbaugh is playing a ranked team this week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Who would have thunk it that uh, Michigan State would be ranked in anything? And I, uh, I think the 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 game plan's not that difficult. Now maybe Michigan State won't pull it off. I don't want to be overconfident, but stop the run, right? Yeah. That's basically yeah. you would you would maybe siege the Michigan offense. Mm, I'd stack you the would, box. You would you would you would siege it like you would. <laughs> Siege a city. I would just watch the running back and and have people run where he goes because yeah. that's most yeah. of the plays. And then occasionally watch the tight end. A, a siege like that. Remember that route? probably brings you know reasonable chance of success. Well, I see. Now I get it. Now I get the yeah. siege. Remember that route that the Michigan? <laughs> it was like their only pass play under Lloyd Carr, where the tight end would go like, boop, 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 and then. Which which Lloyd Carr, the one that won a national championship? Uh, shared yeah. national okay. championship. I believe Nebraska <laughs> no, won that one. No, it, uh, Michigan was um, the true national championship. Mm-hmm. I did a whole speech in speech class in uh, college on that very topic and was Ooh. quite convincing. I believe I got an A. Mm-hmm. Because Nebraska that year played like Pacific. Mm. <laughs> and like Akron State or something like that. They didn't actually play anybody, so. Who did they? Who's the second team they played? The Zips. Oh, the vaunted Akron. I thought Zips. you maybe said Appalachian State, yeah. and I mean, no one would lose to them. No. <laughs> Appalachian Ooh. State, who has been ranked in the top twenty-five since. I mean, they're a solid program. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today, guys? A siege that doesn't have to do with Michigan football. Is that is that the uh, mm-hmm. the yep. topic? But it does. Although I would say that Ann Arbor shares a lot of characteristics with the Telfer Reich. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. could be. I'll, 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 I, don't, I don't think East Lansing or Ann Arbor has anything <laughs> like <laughs> Minster. Yeah. But Minster, not to be confused with the cheese. Yeah. I know you're a fan of cheese. The, um, I suppose one similarity with East Lansing will perhaps be a... There were maybe some couches that burned. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And All I right. hope there are couches burning. I bet I, I'm going to go ahead and wager, and then I'll stop with the football talk, that no matter what, there will be couches burned in East Lansing. <laughs> Do you agree with me, Michael? I wouldn't be Because this Lansing. is the wonderful thing about a couch burning is you can do it in joy <laughs> or in sadness. <laughs> can you you ever, fl- have you ever burned a couch? I have not. I have, have I, burned a couch. Nor have I flipped over a car. <laughs> Well, then you've truly never experienced joy or sadness, and I feel bad for you. <laughs> what does Minnesota do when it when it wins? They're just nice. They just they just be nice. Hot dish or something. Yeah, I think so. Yep they they bake a bake a hot dish for the other team. And right. I've been waiting to see how long it takes before Michael gets this on track because that's your job. It's always been your job. He he tried with the siege. Yeah, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. You were a little uh, dense there. <laughs> dense like the uh, Michigan State defensive line. Yeah, that's right. Gets the run. <laughs> the, piece, the piece of Nuremberg um, has settled things down. So the Catholic princes and the Lutheran princes at the moment are not engaged in battle. 
you have the small Caldic League, you have the you have the the Nuremberg sort of the the the, the Catholic side that has, has it's a it's a standstill for the most part. Um, Suleiman the Magnificent has backed off just a bit. So here's a time where there's a little bit of a breather, but then there comes up an enemy of both the Roman Catholic side and the Reformation side within the walls of so-called Christendom. And that would be, let's say, Anabaptists who are going to, we don't want to paint with a broad stroke all Anabaptists, but these are a special breed, you would say. They would be concerned with eschatological things. They would be concerned with bringing about a utopia here on earth, maybe even a new city, a new Jerusalem. <coughs> they can be very Old Testament-y in their, uh, their sim- symbolism and even their actions in yeah. certain ways. And it is a threat to the stability of the empire from a, from a political safety kind of way. And it would also be a threat to the stability of the empire from the Catholic point of view because of the religious connotations. In a lot of ways, you, this, this is, history is repeated here in America in a couple different ways. One is we do have a sense of maybe bringing about a new kingdom with uh, this idea of a new country, a, a Zion. A, a shining, shining city hill, on a hill. hill. Um, and these very uh, Davidic type um, uh, pictures of the United States. But it's also similar to the history of the United States religiously because this is really starting where you get into a sect, commune, <coughs> polygamy. We're not sure how they're being fair to their women. Um, we are for uh, the free exercise of religion in America, but not we're not really quite sure about the Mormons, so we keep kicking them west. It has that little bit of a feel to it. And it comes um, to a um, bloody end in the city of Minster. Um, but there's some Dutch connections there, right, Wade? Sorry, Michael, I was blowing my nose. My allergies have unfortunately... Hmm been an issue today i apologize i apologize for no to blow my nose no i feel bad for you so i apologize for not being as sensitive yeah actually um it's going to be some dutch gentlemen general folk um who are going to really get stuff popping so um a lot you know if we and what's their beef with the roman catholics and 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 also the lutherans well they believe that that well Let's start with when we talk about an Anabaptist. Uh, the Anabaptistic position is in and of itself uh, radical and revolutionary because it is essentially declaring all those who have been baptized so far are not the baptized, <clears throat> and hence those churches are not church because to to say only adult believer baptism counts is to negate infant baptism. Uh, and so there is a, a de-churching of things. Um, so that in and of itself is, is radical, right? It's pulling up the roots, the radics. Um, think of a, a radish on the ground that you... Right? I assume you pull a radish from the ground. Yes, you do. You, you look like you've grown a radish. I've grown a few radishes in my okay. day. Yeah. <laughs> this is upsetting. This is right. not just, oh, they're doing their own thing. This is upsetting to a lot right. of people. And when you consider the political order of the day, 
Um, this strain of Anabaptism especially, <clears throat> which is going to be a more violent strain, um, not unlike Thomas Mincer, um, is uh, it's, it's by nature then um, going to see both the preceding Catholicism and the political order of the day as something that needs to be not reformed but uh, abolished, yeah. um, to use a word that comes up a lot in our own day. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and you have... This is a rebellion, not a reformation. Right, and so yeah. in the southwest of, of Germany is going to be where you'll find a lot of Anabaptists early on, because especially from Switzerland and then some from the Dutch lands will make their way, um, their way in, yeah. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think, you know, with this cause and kind of the, the direction that, that especially this brand that you see in uh, the city of Münster, um, it becomes a bit of a magnet for people that are, for, for those type of personalities that are looking for more revolution rather than reform. And for, you know, a number of, a number of reasons, um, but they kind of find common cause around this, you know, uh, Anabaptist movement or the, the Anabaptist banner. And think about in our own day, um, even in America, there's certain cities that attract um, for a time, people of a more radical bent. Um, and those cities often then become places that where there's a desire for radical reform or just complete from the ground up. And so, um, yeah, as word uh, spreads that there's um, that this is a place where we can maybe do our thing, you're going to have uh, many of the people who <clears throat> will be responsible for the Minster Rebellion um, will be outsiders who take advantage of the situation that was present there. Let, let me, can I run through some of the story? I think, I think that, that would be wonderful, Michael. Yeah. So, Is that okay with um, you, Jason? That works. Yeah. Uh, Minster is in northwestern uh, part of Westphalia. You have the radical Anabaptists, so we would, we would be <coughs> wise again to not uh, uh, paint this with a, all the Anabaptists. This is the not the heirs of the Amish and Mennonites. Right. Although Luther is at the end of this is going to be like, well, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. So he he doesn't have a whole lot of a lot of sympathy. Although when the Roman Catholic side says this is what happens, Luther, when you when you have when you have a rebellion, um, he's like, well, so what? That happens. Right? This is something that Michael sometimes says to me too. Like something will, I'll be upset about something, and then Michael will make it seem like it was my fault, and he'll be like, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea there to Luther's saying, I'm right, just because somebody, people under my banner have, have corrupted it. Well, it's not like we weren't corrupt before, right? Right. I mean, that, that's okay. So there is a Catholic bishop still, right? Uh, Franz of Waldeck. And, um, you know, he's dealing with the Lutherans, right? The Lutherans have some influence there. And then you have these radical, uh, radical reformers, uh, Melchior Hoffman. There's an, there's another dude. I can't remember his name. And uh, they are going to uh, start some anabaptizing. That is yeah, baptizing down in again. Right? Yeah. And uh, um, there is this sort of idea that this is going to be the true believers' town. This is going to be the new new Jerusalem. They expel the Catholic bishop, and the Catholic bishop, which is totally crazy to us, but would have not been foreign to the history of the Christian Church um, up until this time. Uh, the Catholic uh, bishop there uh, gets the backing of Philip of Hesse and says, 
well, can I fight back? So imagine a pastor getting kicked out, and then he comes back with an army. And he gets kicked out by a guy who starts as a Lutheran pastor. Yes. Mm -hmm. This Bernhard Rothman, who becomes increasingly radical. So it's it's a Lutheran. That starts it. Yep. Yeah. All, all bad things come from Lutherans. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should say Lutheran. What am I doing? Quote, air quotes. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I think that it begins in Minster with a, with a legitimate move toward the Reformation. Um, and I think the, the bishop even recognizes or the, the, the powers that be recognize, okay, this city has now gone Lutheran, mm-hmm. but then becomes kind of a quick turn when that guy who, and he probably had some of these Anabaptist leanings to begin with, but that, that pastor uh, begins to go very much toward that radical Anabaptist stance. And then once the <clears throat> banner goes up, so to speak, it, boy, they really start to really start to pull people in. And I mean, it's kind of a, it's a legitimate thing, at least to begin with, where they recognize, hey, the, the city seems to be moving in this Lutheran direction, but then it quickly goes to the extreme. Yeah, and you start to see sectarian things. So John Matthias, I'm not sure how to pronounce Jan, it. Jan. Jan. Matthias. Matthias. Is it Matthias? It's a Dutch spelling there. Well, I don't know how yeah. he Ma- would have said Ma- it, but yeah. that's how so, I would say um, Right away, of course, if you're going to have a sect, you need a prediction of the end of the world. That is going to come <laughs> on Easter of 1534. Only for the true believers, of course, right? This new, Jeris- uh, new Jerusalem come here and we can be this uh, uh, beautiful utopia um, after the last judgment, blah, blah, blah. Um, so a thousand are rebaptized, over a thousand. That is highly significant. So then you have the siege, and so uh, the and they're gonna get a new at mayor. First, emphasize kind of like from Acts, communally sharing things, mm-hmm. equality of all all people, and um, it goes okay for a while. Which is why um, some people will associate this with like a proto communism, mm-hmm. right? The the Eastern Germans could read stuff like that into both Minster and Minster, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, but probably eventually you start sharing, uh, well, um, you start sharing husbands, right? So it becomes a little bit more Mormon than communism, if we can say it that way. So, um, um, and then you have to start having pictures of, of, you know, David and, and, uh, this dude even dresses up like King David, right? Um, I should say Jan Matthias dies and then he's replaced. How does he with, die? Do you remember? <laughs> That's in a, a skirmish. Can we come back to that? He, yeah. And then another fanatical guy, John of Leiden, he's the one that is going to say, we are going to have this Anabaptist kingdom that is going to be modeled after the Israelite King David. We have 12 elders. Oh, and by the way, we're going to do polygamy. Now, there were some practical things to the, to the polygamy. There was like a whole lot more women than men. And the women say no, right? And um, they protest against this. Right, mm-hmm. so you see, kind of, it can be a, it, it could be heavy-handed. So you have eschatological concerns. You have this Old Testament kingdom. You have polygamy. You have the communal lifestyle. This is very, let's just say, cultish. The the thing though that I like of Jan of Leiden is that he wasn't too ambitious. Like he's like, okay, we're just worried about Minster. So when he gives himself a title, he gives himself a humble title, namely king of the world right <laughs> and he's going to send missionaries out 
like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ sent missionaries out. And if the towns uh, do not accept his message, right, he gives them a leave a coin there, kind of like when Jesus said, shake your feet off, mm-hmm. uh, shake your sandals off of there. So he's he's very mm, messianic in if, his If, in if his you gentlemen were going to be anything of the world, what would you be? Hmm. I just think Landgrave is a cool name. I would oh, I would be friend of the world. Friend, friend of the world. Of the world. I w- I'm going to go Landgrave. Landgrave of the world. Hmm. Because I could also be friend of the world. Like dictators say they're friends of stuff too. So it could yeah. be legitimate love or yep. it could be yep. just dictatorial, you know, um, nonsense. Yeah. Can, can we get to the to the bloody scandalous yes, death? Yes, because Jason clearly can't think of anything on right. the spot. Yeah, so I'm, we have I'm some, struggling. Now, like... When when we kill somebody in the modern, go ahead. I got it. I'm gonna be cheesemonger of the world. Cheesemonger of the world. Okay, very good. Um, so we're gonna come back to Matthias because it's great how he died. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I tell my people, or people, my my people, as landgrave, <laughs> as landgrave of the world, I tell my people when I talk to the students about like somebody dies in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I go. Listen, in the ancient world, they didn't waste deaths. If you're, It's very mob-like. If you're going to kill somebody, you make a big scene because otherwise it's a waste of death. You want to have propaganda. Uh, this, of course, uh, does not go away. And so in the medieval and even in the Reformation ages, I mean, you don't just execute somebody. Mm. I mean, you're going to make a scene. So go ahead, guys. Jason, I'll let you share it if you yeah. would like to. So <clears throat> do, we, do, we, do we want to start with... Jan Matthias first. Yeah. And so Cuz he has the best death. He yeah, his is his is great uh in that he has a vision mm-hmm. where he he thinks that You know what I always do with my visions just as it's good advice. Yeah. I always run them by Michael first. That's probably good advice. Yeah. So John um, has this Jan has Yeah, this. he has this great vision that he says, you know, just like Gideon of old, mm. he's going to take a small band so he gets 300 guys to go out and face down the combined army of the bishop and Philip of Hesse. Does he end up getting, at least it's only like 12 in the end or something ridiculous like that? Um, I believe he himself decides to go fight alone. He, he (laughs) leads the, leads the skirmish and uh, it does not go well for them. Mm -hmm. He is quickly dispatched. We make fun, but there, this is actually a, a, you know, the whole Gideon thing is, is perfect example of God saying, you listen to me, there's going to be less bloodshed, this is going to go well, and also the credit's going to go to me, not to Gideon. But we can flip that upside down and say, mm-hmm. I just believe, I don't have fear, right? So there's a message mm-hmm. there, sorry to interrupt. And he's going to end up <laughs> beheaded with his head on a pike. That's a great propaganda in of itself, right? Yes. Heads, pikes, walls, yep. I thought there was some other stuff that happened to his body as well. Yeah. Well, they often did poke people and other stuff, but I... <laughs> I mostly remember the beheaded and head on a... I think there was parts that were cut off. That yeah. could be. I mean, they. you often... I mean, with Zwingli, when they killed Zwingli, they kept telling him, what was it like, to to sit up if he's not a heretic. And then he'd slump over because he was dead. Mm-hmm. Like, they played games with the, yeah. yep. with the dead. And, and uh, th- this is not... This is... All people, this is not of one group that would do these sorts of... You know... Let's say we'll bury somebody and then exhume the body and then drown the body or something like that. Burn burn the bones. I can't remember exactly the story offhand of um, uh, St. Jehoshaphat, who has a basilica named after him. But 
It's a good, it's a good story. Oh, really? Yeah, he died very, very violently. Well, and St. Lawrence is a good one where, yeah. you know, he, so they, they burn him, I, supposedly on a, a spit, you know, like a pig. Um, and uh, at one point he supposedly said, turn me over, I'm done on this side. Yeah. And in Roman Catholicism, you know what he's the patron saint of? Of cooks. Mm. Mm. I was going to say barbecue. but so, so, sorry, we get to Jan of Leiden. Yeah. He's going to come, king of the world, cities uh, starving. Which And he goes really off the rails once right. Jan Matthias is out of the way. Yep, <clears throat> and he, uh, <clears throat> he's going to live it up while everybody else is... Uh, is is uh, starving, and he's going to be the one. In true fa- cultish <clears throat> yes. fashion. And he's going to make polygamy, polygamy mandatory so that every woman has to have a husband. And since there's more women than men, every man would then have, well, not every man, but many men would have uh, multiple wives. She has a couple. Jan, one who likes to lead by example, um, I believe had... Um, 16, 16, 16 something yeah. Like yeah, and he beheads one of them, I believe. Which is pretty good odds. I mean, because there's, there's a guy across the channel. Because right. who... she criticized kind of what he was doing, and uh, yeah, it was apparently a bad idea. Yep. You probably, you know, I mean, just given his track record of, you know, quality, you know, um, rational, uh, you know, stable moves, um Criticizing him, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Now, we should mention that the uh, this siege is a joint effort between Lutherans and Catholics. Yeah. So, finally, we've gotten back together again. Minster yes. manages to, yes, that, to prompt some ecumenical warfare. Because yeah. Lutheran, Lutherans and Catholics did not agree on much. But, but, they they, did, uh, but they all agreed on their hatred of the Anabaptists. And I bet they, though, did not pray together before engaging in the battle. Oh, was, absolutely. This not. war was outside the framework of fellowship, yeah. is what I'm saying. Um, who wants to tell us about John John's death, John Lydon? Um, well, together with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the coolest things <clears throat> that you could probably go see in Germany that I've not yet seen. Mm. Jason, have you seen this? I've not, no. Michael, have you? No, but I've read about it. We should all go, not like go on like a tour of anything, but just go, just to go see that like flyover. Spend like a day, see this, and then just come back. Or a tour of like places where there was crazy deaths and there's hmm. still evidence of those crazy deaths. Yeah. Now, now we're talking Lutheran Reformation deaths. We're not later in the right. There has to be limits. Hundreds. Yes. yes. So, um, so we they, would not make fun of anything like that. Right. The siege is going to uh, work partly because some of the citizens like kind of open gates and stuff too because they're like. This guy's crazy. This Nothing is getting is. weird in here, you know. Um, yep. And uh, Jan and uh, two of his buddies, Bernard Knipperdoling. Which is awesome. Great name. And great Bernard Crechting. So two a, BKs. That is great, but yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he called them BK1 and BK2. That would have been pretty cool. Right? Kind of like a, a J-Bad and a J-Oak. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're both arrested, and then they're tortured. Which was not unusual for the for that time, and then they were put in cages that were hanged from Saint Lambert's Church. So burned and with stayed metal. there for centuries. Yeah. Metal, yeah, put to death with red hot pokers. That's probably not a not a great way to go. 
And the body stayed hanging from the church, correct? I for, think they just took them down in the last decade or two. No, right? I think they no, said... No, not the cages, but the, the, the bodies. The bodies were... The, the bodies, I think they said, were still there until 18... The 18... 1811 or somewhere around that. It was just after 1800. Which I think you, you don't kill people without yeah. propaganda. Oh, it yeah. It just doesn't make sense. At least that is the way they're thinking, yeah. I mean, that... that definitely sent a message uh if you're coming and the i mean the the tallest building in the city is the church steeple and you know you see these cages hanging from hanging from the the church steeple um that is a reminder of <laughs> what happened here and what what we're not going to put up with here um so yeah there's there's definitely a bit of propaganda that goes along with that and and uh saying yeah the, the, we learned our lesson here and that isn't going to happen again <laughs> So, you know, when we look back at this, we say, geez, how could you be sentenced to death? How could it be illegal to baptize somebody again? And it's just a different, uh, a different order than it, than it is today. At the same time, um, you know, we do struggle in America with fanatical yeah. religious movements. And where is the line? Those are, those are actually issues that are going to be uh, prominent, I think, going forward in the next few decades as well, because if the culture changes to say, it is, you are fanatical if you believe something that would not have been fanatical 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, but at the same time, uh, we don't exactly have an unlimited religious freedom here. Like if I have a religion that says, uh, I'm going to be a cannibal, mm -hmm. that's not acceptable. So in our country, we have, you know, if, if, if a, if a mosque decided to say, uh, you know, our, our beliefs is that we are called to, uh, install Sharia law wherever we go, including here, there's going to be legal issues there. You don't actually have uh, religious freedom when it comes to, right. Right. Uh, so there's a limit there, like your religious freedom that, that can't necessarily, um, infringe upon somebody else's religious freedom. And those lines are not, not, not easy to, to deal with. So if you have a polygamous cult, uh, what do you, what do you do? Right. Yeah. It becomes an issue. So this is, this, this sounds scary and weird, um, and backwards, but it's, I don't think it's as far fetched from our reality as we, we might think. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things It's not necessarily that it was the, the whole baptism issue that, got them that got them into trouble. I mean, certainly that was not well thought of in Lutheran circles or in Roman Catholic circles, but it was so much of the other stuff that they really just, it, they found it really hard to separate from this Anabaptist that, that if you were, if you took this baptism position of, you know, adult baptism only, or you got to be rebaptized that whole business. Um, it was hard to separate that from, all the other bad, bad stuff that went along with it, the, the, um, overthrowing the established order and, you know, some of these, um, you know, odd, uh, cultish type of beliefs. And yeah. And I think that was where they, they used up any potential goodwill. I think that, that they may have had because when you, you have one or two instances like this, and, and granted, Minster was the extreme, but it, this type of thing happened um, in other places where some of these beliefs came to the came to the forefront, or some of these practices came to the forefront. You have one or two instances like that. You you use up any potential goodwill that you have in a big hurry. 
Yeah, so this is this is a threat to the Reformation as well because uh, I, I think there's there's a real feel of keeping institutions right. And, and for for a Lutheran, it's always about means. Uh, today we would we would also talk about vocation and the the proper authorities. Um, for a person who rejects all the the physical means that God uses to not only come and give faith to build the church, but also to work in the kingdom uh, of the left hand too. Um, there, there are vacuums that, that occur, right? And so instead of baptism and Holy Communion, absolution of the word of God, and these, these very objective means of grace, it's, it's an enthusiasm, it's inside of you. And then that, that's paralleled by, if you reject all of the corrupt institutions, the vacuum then instead of enthusiasm feel, filling the vacuum of the vacuum of the means of grace that has left um, you end up in a in a very uh, law oriented um, this has got to be a sort of a mini theocracy right mm-hmm. and then you start having really kind of cultish figures right and so ironically we see this in in today's church in America too ironically People will say, oh, we don't want to be about the pastor and the institution, you know, with all his robes and all those ceremonies. Well, then a vacuum occurs, and then it's about the personality of the pastor, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm guessing the, the megachurch uh, preacher is not, you know, he's not practicing polygamy, we don't think. But how many times do we see the power go to a guy's head and there is a scandal, right? Yep. This is just, this stuff is just on a smaller level, right? This is the church that is finally going to be perfect, right? You're so sick of all the churches, so we grab people from all these churches. Now we're finally going to find this church that is going to be perfect, Riverview Community Church of Love, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just follow me and buy my book for $14.99, we're going to have this perfect little community. Available um, in the church bookstore yeah, if that's you just right, stop by on right the next, yep. Right next to the Starbucks, right? right? Yep. And it's it's just all of this on a smaller level, yep. right? Um, so the theological problem is taking away from the the, the, the God's God's modus operandi, which is to use the uncommon for, or the common for the uncommon, uh, to use physical means, to use to use terrible preachers, right? Sometimes to use uh, institutions in an imperfect world instead of trying to find this perfect church or perfect city or perfect whatever. It all ends up being law and the law ends up being, and the more law you have um, and the more rules you have and the more programs and the more 10 steps to this perfect church or this perfect city or this perfect nation, the harder the fall, Mm -hmm. I would say. So, yeah. What do you think, Wade? We're about done. So I had to step out of Mr. Bit, but did we talk about <clears throat> this kind of puts to end um, kind of the strain of violent Anabaptism that this is their last gasp at kind of setting up a not not specifically, but I think community. that's that's definitely a good thing to to mention that and contributes then to the development of um, positions like that of Menno Simmons, who are going to be pacifist, non-resistant. They'll still want to kind of do their own thing, but they're going to. Um, kind of move in the face of persecution rather than fight, <clears throat> which gives us in America um, the two biggest Anabaptist groups, right, would be the Amish, um, which are also pacifistic, which is why they shave their mustaches, um, and then the, the Mennonites. So this will be kind of the last gasp for kind of creating the kingdom of God on earth um, from an Anabaptist perspective, although... At least from a violent point of view. Although the Anabaptists... Um, do win out in much of American Protestantism uh, in, this, in the sense that uh, 
their view on baptism is the the view of mm. of much of American Protestantism yep. as far as believer uh, and, baptism. And, and I did make a connection between you know like a modern day non denominational mm-hmm. yes. whatever, but but that that's only as a as a history a lesson of history not to say that there is a direct line in all things baptism sure right but you're right that the uh, Mennonites would be if we could find direct ancestors of the Anabaptists it would be them yeah well I've got nothing more to add then and uh maybe just the just maybe the note that you know this rather uh you know a bloody chapter uh we're we're right on you know, coming up on the um, celebration of Reformation Day, or some like to celebrate it as Halloween. So yeah. um, it is kind of a, a fitting uh, fitting topic for this rather, uh, you know, or a fitting time, I should say, for this rather ghoulish topic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was just spitballing in class today, and I came up with so many, like, costumes people could wear um, that would still involve social distancing or masks. Um, so that we don't get kind of a bump in cases here at the mm. college. Welder, mm-hmm. astronaut, mm-hmm. surgeon, nurse, obviously. Uh, like line worker, like you're literally up a pole. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that one, Michael. Um, you could go as Jason, right? Isn't that the horror guy that wears a hockey yeah. mask? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, that helps too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not offending you, Jason. You're not one of the anti-Halloween people, are you? No. No, I am not. You think it's okay to, to go out within reason? Yes. Michael, are you? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. When I, was, uh, when I was in, at St. Robert's in Catholic school, we were allowed to dress up one day, but we had one teacher who always would go ballistic over it. Yeah. Um, the same teacher who in our Christmas pageant once when we, in the gym, not in the church, sang Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer made a big scene of walking out. Yeah. Yeah. So... Wow. What are you going as, Michael? Uh, I will be going as the same thing that I have been going for, for I don't know, 16 years, and that's a pastor. Mm. I will be going since uh, the 31st is Sunday, and I assume the Lions are playing. Um, I will be going as uh, someone with great disappointment in yes, their life. Like a, <laughs> like a, a mourner at a mm-hmm. Middle Eastern funeral, right. wailing out loud. Yeah. You're not one of those guys that like wears the bag over their head. Let's get in there. I mean, it, that that would be another appropriate social distance if you just don't cut the That's mouth true. the mouth hole. Yeah. Um, Jason, will you be going as anything? Oh, I don't think so. What about a head of lettuce. Could be a head of lettuce. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go as the Margrave of the world. Yeah. Landgrave, I thought. Did I say Margrave? Margrave is cool too, though. Yeah. Margrave or Landgrave. I think either one. I'm right. actually pretty sure I'm crowned as both. Ooh. So. Yeah. Nice. There you go. All right. Well, let's get on to our other responsibilities. We thank you for listening. I apologize for Mike getting us a little bit off the rails early on, um, but I'm glad we eventually made it back on topic. Have a great day. Um, hopefully, if this is out after the game, uh, Sparty on. Hopefully, we can all say go green, go white. They'll have a W. If not, I don't want to hear from you. And uh, let the bird fly. I don't care what the people
people I think I'm not drunk, I'm just a tanker. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. One more round won't get me down. I'm not drunk, I'm just drinking. I said, I'm